This episode of Hot Breath is sponsored by our Patreon. If any of our content has helped your comedy career, join our Patreon linked in the show notes and get positive comedy karma for life. Probably. You know, you watch people throw a football when you're a kid and you go, I want to throw it like that. Mm. I saw Joe Coy start selling out clubs and everything. I was like, I'm going to do it like that. Wow. But then when COVID hit, I just couldn't move anymore for a while. So I just sat down and I noticed it just works for me. Hot Breath. How long have you been doing yeah, it? I've been doing it 13 years. And you like it? Do I like it? Comedy? Mm -hmm. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. When the first time you were on stage, how'd you feel? The first time you ever got up? Oh, that was, it was heroin. I mean, like... The oh, wow. I thought you said you were <laughs> on heroin. I was like, wow, that's an experience right there. No, it was just like, as soon as I did it, I was like, oh, this is what I'm doing the rest of my life. See, me too. I called my mom. Yeah, me first too. First time I was on, I go, this is what I was born to do. Yep. Instantly. Born to do. But my mom always knew, she would always thought that I would go into like something in entertainment. Entertainment? Things. Yeah. So okay, she, that's She good. wasn't surprised, but it was definitely the idea of doing comedy and then actually getting on stage are kind of two different things you have to Yeah, overcome. see, I was never funny. So huh. I'm not, in real life, I mean, you can ask all my boys, I'm not a funny dude in real life. Like, it's just... I know how to tell stories. Mm -hmm. I'm a story, like, I'm more of a, I'm not a joke writer, I'm a storyteller. But the stories I tell, there's a lot of funny things that happen in them, or I heighten it. Like any comic, you kind of heighten it. I'm just lucky to have interesting things happen in my life where they're funny. But that's, Joe Coy told you to heighten it, right? He well, said, Joe don't Coy, write jokes, heighten he said, the it, truth. For me, for me, because uh -huh. he knew I wasn't, he goes, if you ever sit down to write a joke, stop sit down and write a story and make that story funny. Wow. And that's the best. And, and then the other piece of advice was that I came up with on my own just experience. People outgrow jokes, but they don't outgrow you. You know what I mean? Like they don't yeah. like like the jo look. Jokes are one thing, but after they hear it, it's kind of done and you make them feel a certain way, which is amazing. But if they're connected to you, and they really are invested in you in your life, I feel you become a real-life sitcom to them. But I've heard you recently say that you just now, like, found your voice. I did. Like, you just... So what... What? Because this is something I'm still trying to figure out. So, like, what clicked for you? Was it, like, certain topics or certain ways you were you saying know, things? You know what, what clicked for me? When I first started, Joe Coy was my mentor. So everywhere I would go, I was like, oh, I want to be like Joe Coy. You know, so I did a lot of back and forth on the stage and... And then I got COVID, almost died. Yeah. And then I remember when I started performing, I didn't have the energy for that. So I sat down. And then when I sat down, I noticed my material for me was hitting harder. And I saw people pay way more attention. Because I wasn't, for me, I wasn't trying to put on a show. I was just like, here are my jokes and trying to connect. You know, and yeah, you could do, like Joe Coy connects with everybody. But that wasn't my thing. It was like, I found my voice but he was so strong in my upbringing of comedy. I was trying to not duplicate him, but he's my inspiration. You know, you watch people throw a football when you're a kid and you go, I want to throw it like that. Mm. I saw Joe Coy start selling out clubs and everything. I was like, I'm going to do it like that. Wow. But then when COVID hit, I just couldn't move anymore for a while. So I just sat down and I noticed it just works for me. So it's like a rhythmic thing that just changed? You know, or? I don't know. I think I slowed down. Uh -huh. I think it for me, it just became about, it was my zone, because I was a radio dude too. You know, so I just feel like I just tell stories. I just tell stories and that's my thing. And for me, telling a story 
looks and works better on me when I'm sitting down. Gotcha. And I like it. I feel weird standing up now. <laughs> and I want I want to get back to Joe Coy because I feel like, especially in the comedy world, mm-hmm. the definitely the old school mentality was very like competitive and negative. Yes. And like it was when I just started twelve years ago. Oh, okay. Oh man, people hated comics and people. I can't tell you how many people talk shit about Joe when I started. Like, like he's not a comic. He sings at the end. But I go, I just, <laughs> I just, I go. I saw him just crush for an hour and a half. Uh huh. You know, without singing. So, and when you leave, I've never. He was the first one I ever experienced leaving a show, and it felt like this one. He was doing clubs too, leaving his show, and it felt like you saw a rock concert. It felt like you didn't just leave going, ah, that was funny. You left with an experience. And he's doing that in stadiums, too, whether it's bringing up boys to men or the material crushes, but then he gives you a little extra. And he was doing that 12 years ago. Yeah, and that's, it's so important to have, like, a su- some, someone to support you or someone that can, like, you can bounce ideas off of and, like, be like, oh, I'm not alone in this comedy grind where it's like, oh, I'm driving 12 hours for $50 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, and I did all you know, that. So I it, did all that because... Yeah. Yeah, he was my mentor and he took me on the road, but it's kind of like he wouldn't take you if you weren't funny. So mm-hmm. you had to be funny first. Mm-hmm. So I, I drove to three, four hours for nothing, free, a lot of times from L.A. to San Diego, from L.A. to wherever to find free spots. And then in L.A. it was hard to get up. You know, I, I was lucky I got up because I was on TV. So, but still, you don't get the same time as when you get experience. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, yeah, man, it just worked out. But I, I love comedy. I love the rawness of it. I love, I love that it's just you. So it's, it starts and ends with you. And then you can see the rise. And then you can see it's so humbling. You know, like, for instance, tonight, I'm at this club. Sold out the first show. But this next show is going to be, like, last time I checked tickets, it was eight people. Eight Eight. And that one was just sold out. Standing, Standing ovation. <laughs> sold out. But that's what I love, too. Because now I'm like, okay, if there's going to be eight people or however many show up, mm-hmm. now I can do a different show and maybe bring some people on stage. Just now, like, I could just really connect with those because they paid money. I'm their night out. So it doesn't matter to me if they're sold out or eight people or however many show up. They're going to get the best show because that's what they – I'm somebody's night. This is what blows me, and this is what I love about comedy. I am somebody's night out. And that's so humbling. Like, you're their night out. They pay their money. They're going to buy drinks. They're like, mark it on their calendar. Like, oh, we're going to go see this person. Mm -hmm. And I think you can't ever lose that because I think everybody goes through the thing where, like, oh, here's another show, or I got to go to another city. But you work so hard to get to that point where, you know, and I'm not even to the level of a lot of comics. You know, obviously by the eight people that are going to watch me in the next show. But what's great is those eight people paid money to see me. Mm-hmm. Fine with me. Guess what? I'm a I'm gonna know every one of their names before they leave, which I can't say for the first show. It seems like mindset is a big part of your approach. For me, yeah, because it doesn't matter, man. I came from not doing comedy to be able to feed my family doing something I love. So yeah, you're gonna, and it's so humbling. I think that's important. You know, no comic is great till they jump to that next level. You know, we're all the same. You know, we make a little bit more money, but you'll see the next year, nobody's gonna be out there. And I'm fine with that, because I know you gotta go through that to get to the next level. You know, and you build. Like, I'm shooting my own documentary right now. That's why you see all the camera people. Because I wanted to show people the ups and downs. Like on Instagram, you just see sold out. 
You know, you're not going to see eight people. Nobody's going to post eight people that came to your show because people, it would break their mis they would break their conception. Oh, this dude's always selling out, you know, but no, I want to show everything because the point in my career right now, and I got a long way to go. I'm not trying to be funny to everyone. Whoever likes me, I'm trying to super serve them because mm -hmm. then eventually other people jump in. I'm just trying to make stuff and fund my own stuff that my audience will like. And I feel my audience will like, you know, if I do it well, this journey of me going to different cities and really seeing how it is. And you bet on yourself, which is the, 100%. it's kind of the new wave in comedy is it's like, well, we just, you gotta create it all yourself. Nobody's gonna do it for you. You do because the thing is so many people wanna tell you no. It's easy to say no. One of my friends, uh, I remember she gave me the best, she's a big casting director, her name is Alyssa. She gave me the best piece of advice. She goes, in Hollywood, this has nothing to do with comedy, just in Hollywood, no one ever wants to be, no one ever wants to be the first yes. Hmm. You know, but they always love being the second, third, and fourth yes. You know what I mean? So my thing is, to me, the audience is the key to all this. So instead, when I shot this special, my last special, um, uh, I never thought. My agent was like, you wanna take it to Netflix and all that? I go, no, I wanna take it to the people. Why get frustrated? And it could've, and I'll be honest, it could've been on Netflix, who knows? But I didn't even give it a chance to fail. I go, I wanna do it, pay for my own, do it the way I wanna do it, and put it out. And at the time, I only had 3,000 YouTube followers. Wow. Which is, in business sense, I was just, I was so hungry to put out my own thing. And Joe said, you gotta bet on yourself. So I was like, all right, put it out. And now I'm at 155,000 on YouTube in just a year. And my Facebook went from 60,000 to now I'm like 560,000. And it's all for my, my special generated all that interest. Wow. Now it's a business for me, you know? Now I take part of the budget I make and I bring a camera guy to shoot a doc. Cause I'm like, all right, I am my own business now. I need to keep expanding. I'm not gonna get lazy. I want I want to take people on the road with me. I want to show them this. And I got the idea from Formula One from Netflix. You know, mm. see these drivers mm. go to different cities. I go, that's common. That's what we do. You know, and I want to show, you know, like the number. Honestly, the numbers of tickets I sold when I went the year before going in, and then the number I sold coming out, so people can really see. If I'm growing or not in certain ways. Oh, I love that. You know, like La Jolla, I did that uh, last week. Sold out four shows. But last year, about a year and a half ago, I went there, I sold out one. So it's a great story. Ice House opened back up, sold out two. So you have this great run of selling out every weekend, then Atlanta. Sold out the first one, eight people to say. <laughs> you know what? But that's comedy. Exactly. And that's what I want to show. Yeah. You know? And then it's just on the road, missing your family. Like, I miss my... I dropped off my kids on their first day of school. Mm. My son's been going to school, so it wasn't a bit, but it was my daughter's first time going. But I didn't get to pick her up because I had to get on a flight to go to Nashville. So I want to show that kind of stuff. I just want people, my parents have become big. I do a podcast with them, so I want to put them in it. So, it, and I want to fund it all. Yeah, and when you think from the business sense, it's like, how can you differentiate from other comedians in the market? And that's, that's what I'm trying to figure out right now is it's like, I'm a comedian. I'll do like road gigs. I do like comedy zones yeah. and things like that right now. But it's also like I have this podcast. So it's like 
it's kind of like my attention is split in two ways almost to yeah. where it's and I'm kind of like doing each kind of halfway. So I think in a business sense, it's almost like going all in on one. And I feel like my differentiator is this podcast. But in my comedian mind, it's like, but I'm a comedian. And I, I want to. Well, no, but, you can, but see, that's the difference. You can do both. Yeah. Because th you don't look at it as two separate things. Okay. Like people Show me always, the way. People Show always me ask way. me, what do you love most? Do you love hosting? Do you love acting? Or do you like comedy? And to me, it's entertainment. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. There's no difference. You know, it's a different skill. But that's like going to a chef at Chili's and going, do you like making burgers better, fish better, or tacos better? He's like, I'm just cooking. So when people say, I'm saying, I'm just cooking. I'm cooking three different things right now. Okay. You know, it's all the same. Don't differentiate. You're going to have more success than other. But that it's still entertainment. And mm -hmm. the big umbrella is entertainment. So want to pop off. And then, like, like, for instance, a year ago before my special came out, if I would put a video on my Facebook page, like a podcast, it would get 100 views. Now, I could go on there and go <laughs> for two minutes, and it would get probably like six, 7,000 views. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you're finding people that are interested in you. Gotcha. So this podcast is going to reach people uh, that are fans of other comedians, and hopefully on the same page you're putting little clips of you or something that you're comedy. Because that's the whole thing. And I'll tell you one last thing. is like I have a friend exploded on social media, you know, but he was exploded in doing something that he doesn't do on stage. He exploded interviewing, not interviewing, but like giving money and different things like that. You know, millions of views, millions of TikTok followers, millions of this and that. But nobody comes to his shows because people know him for not stand-up. Mm. Gotcha. You know, it's mm -hmm. kind of like if he made cooking videos all the time and then he goes, well, come to my show. I'm a stand-up. And like, no, we know you for this. Gotcha. You know, so that's the thing is you you want to that's what I try to do is incorporate everything around comedy and just for my fans I don't try to make everyone happy anymore because it's so subjective and it's so now everybody has their own channels so it's kind of like find your people find your tribe I guess they would say and just super serve over serve them don't even worry about getting other comics on your side hey guess what if you keep super serving these people they will come you know what I mean? So. All right. So as, as we land this plane, um, a question I always ask on here yeah. is uh, a comedian's worst like bombing story or getting booed or just one of those gigs never you just got booed, never but forget. My worst thing is when I did colleges, and I hated doing colleges. <laughs> but I remember, you know, I was always way older. Since I was on TV, they booked me, but my content was like so, like I'm 15, 20 years out of school going to colleges, you know? Was yeah. Like, nah. So I remember one. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I was just talking about being engaged at a college. <laughs> and it's about 10 minutes in. A guy raises his hand. Nicest way it goes, but kind of dickish too. He goes, when are you going to be funny? And then, you know what? I, I kind of like started roasting him. And then I just started roasting college people. And then it was a great time. It wound it up great. But that's the first time anyone said, like, your performance sucks right now. <laughs> and it was kind of a wake-up call. Because first of all, I didn't want to be there. Uh -huh. I could give a shit less about colleges. And the biggest thing is I hate it. Is I was at this thing called NACA where they booked the yeah. comics. Mm -hmm. This fucking 17-year-old girl. <laughs> it still hurts. Yeah, it still How hurts. you said that. <laughs> was like, well, we booked this comic, and if we have enough money, we'll book you too. Like snooty, right? And I go... Ooh. 
I'm at a point where a 17 year old girl is controlling my career and telling me my worth. I'm out. And that's when I quit. And I go, I'm going to control everything myself and take it straight to the people. I'm not going to rely on other people to give me opportunities because they don't. A lot of times they don't. You will find great people like Joe and different kids. Bert Kreischer is always like, you know, like when my special came out, he promoted it and stuff like that. You'll always find some comedians that promote you, but you can't wait for that. You can't depend on it. Mm-hmm. You just do you. And then once the product is good, other people react. Amen. Well, do you have any closing advice for young comics out there? Yes. Yes, no matter how many people in the audience, rock it like it's sold out. And then you'll see what happens, man. Mm-hmm. You know, because really it's about them. And if those eight people that are out there right now, <laughs> those eight people out there, if they leave and love the show, they're going to tell somebody. So maybe I can have 16 for tomorrow's late show. Well, you know, maybe I, it'll grow. Maybe after this, you get the hot breath bump now. Boom, so maybe the hot breath bump is coming. <laughs> So where uh, where do you want people to like keep up with you and like check out everything you're doing? What's the best? You know way? what? They know. They know because it's at, it's my name at Michael Yo. It's they a, know. Like yo. if they wanna like you it be, if you tag it and put anything, they can search it. But you know, like Michael Yo, everything is Michael Yo, Michael Y O. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for you Dude, just flew awesome. in and you just jumped in and did this. I appreciate oh, yeah, it. Yeah, man. Appreciate awesome. you. All right. All right. Appreciate Thanks. it. Hot breath. This episode of Hot Breath is sponsored by our Patreon. If any of our content has helped your comedy career, join our Patreon linked in the show notes and get positive comedy karma for life. Probably.